continuing our journey through the book of Exodus, and we have come to the seventh plague. Um, and just, you know, here in Tallahassee, I'm not sure where you are listening to this, uh, most of you are in Tallahassee, but if you're in Tallahassee, you know that these last several days have just been this kind of all-pervasive rain and fog and shroud and mist <laughs> over the land. And it it's a reminder um, of just a, a smidging, a smidge uh, of what the Egyptians were experiencing through these through these plagues, that which were all pervasive, all encompassing, never lifting, and that's particularly true um, related to this seventh plague, the plague of hail, which sounds benign, um, but interestingly enough, this this um, this plague is described in greater detail and in greater length than any that have come before it. And what I want to do first is read it and kind of explain what's happening here and the shift um, that's happening in this seventh plague because um, there, Moses is taking this plague as an opportunity um, to teach us some very important things about God, about the way he works, um, how that's tied oftentimes to the physical world. And I think there is some real rich um, truths in here for us. So, so let me read it. It's a little, it's, like I said, it's lengthier than the previous ones. And we'll talk about why. But we're in Exodus 9, beginning in verse 13, the seventh plague, hail. Then the Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose I have raised you up, to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. Behold, about this time tomorrow, I will cause very heavy hail to fall, such as never been in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now therefore send, get your livestock and all that you have in the field into a safe shelter. For every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into the houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on man and beasts and every plant of the field in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff towards heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. There was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very heavy hail, such has never been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right. 
and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. The flax and the barley were struck down, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late in coming up. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord, and thunder and hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. All right, let's pray. Lord, there is a lot in this passage, and just give us wisdom to know um, how to really peer into your word this morning through the help of your spirit, and that you might use it um, to inform us, to help us understand and know you better, which might in turn lead to a deeper worship and adoration of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, a couple things right off the top. We typically think about hail, and we think about, oh, it's, it's hailing outside. There's little, little, little nuggets of ice falling from the sky and um, almost quaint like the pitter-patter of rain. But then there is hail, okay? Do you know what I mean? Like if you've seen the movie uh, Twister, that's with Helen Hunt, and I uh, can't remember who, who starred opposite of her in that, but... It's about this group of, of crazy people who go around chasing twisters and photographing tornadoes and the storms. And, and if you see some of the, if you remember some of the scenes from that movie, um, when those twisters come in, I mean, literally all hell is breaking loose as hell comes down from the sky. And so we don't know if, um, if these are tornadoes, but clearly this is not just the pitter patter of ice from the sky. These is, this is massive storms, lightning, thunder, darkness, and hail, it says, that is so large that if it were to hit someone, it would kill them. So this is massive size hail. And again, I don't know, we don't know if this was like tornadic activity. Um, we're not, we don't know exactly for sure, but what we know that it was so bad, right, that if you were out in the open, you were going to, to die. Um, either through trees falling, crops being destroyed, wind blowing, hail hitting you on top of the head. I mean, this was this was a this was an all-out um, natural disaster, supernaturally caused by the Lord, but something more like a, a tornado, hurricane, cyclone. You're you're getting the picture, right? And and we have to ask why why does Moses spend so much time unpacking this particular plague? And I think it's because this is sort of an apologetic or an apologia for understanding why God is doing what he's doing through these plagues. So in other words, Moses takes the opportunity at the seventh plague to, to kind of stand back and say, and give us a, an, a picture behind the curtain, so to speak, or peek behind the curtain of, of the heart of God and why God is doing what he is doing here and so it's it's a it's a sense a, a defense of God it's a it's a 
it's it's to help us understand um, even in a broader sense what God is wanting to accomplish right through events like this through the physical destructions of, of body and physical things um, in this life and and in short what you see over and over and over again um, in this passage is that what God is doing is wanting to display his all-surpassing supremacy and power and authority over everything okay so so the the idolatry um, was very entrenched in Egypt more so um, maybe than some other cultures even at the time that were also pagan and this is because so much was vested in um, so much was vested in human power, human authority, seeing um, um, the Pharaoh as God, seeing, you know, th- th- there was this sense in which the Egyptians felt like they were, they were not just bowing down before the gods, but they were gods themselves. And it's in the middle of this that, that God is revealing himself in a mighty and powerful way through physical signs. And these particular physical signs okay, was the, the, the harm, not just a property, but a body. And so, so you've heard me say before in these devotionals that there is a, there is a gradual intensification of these, of these signs. When we have to ask, well, is hail worse than like boils and livestock dying and blood in the water? And the answer is yes. Okay. And the reason it's worse is that even these boils we looked at last time, were, were temporary, right? People were inflicted, but, but eventually they would, they would heal and get better. Uh, livestock would die, frogs would die, blood would turn to water, water would turn to blood. But this is the first, this is the first sign where human life, okay, is threatened directly, okay? And not just indirectly, but directly. And we can see that this indeed gets the attention, okay, of the Egyptians, right? Um, in fact, this is this is the closest, quote unquote, that Pharaoh gets to repenting. Um, verse twenty-seven. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, "This time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong." Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And it's 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 this direct threat, okay, to body, to physical life, that is serving to to grab the hearts and minds of the Egyptians. Now we know when he asked Moses, okay, to take it away, and God and God does through Moses that immediately he reverts back, okay, and so 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 you can see the clear and, and doesn't repent. So you can see the clear connection between I'm suffering physically and in other ways, emotionally and psychologically. And now, um, and so that's got my full attention. And so um, the quote I read yesterday from from C.S. Lewis, actually, I didn't read the quote, um, but one of you was so kind to send it to me. um, And I'll read it. I'll read it again, but this time correctly and in full. But pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. And it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Okay. And, and we see Jesus um, reiterating, okay, 
this this same point. So the remember in the Gospels, there's a couple of occasions here where people came to him asking him why certain things had happened. Okay, so for example, this Tower of Siloam had had fallen and killed eleven quote unquote innocent people. Okay, it was a it was a, an accident. Um, there was um, there was the occasion where uh, the Romans had 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 spilled. Um, had had killed and spilled blood, okay, of 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 some people in the temple, and and both of these things were um, seen by the people as what what did these people do, okay, to to deserve this? What did these people do who who Pilate had had spilled their blood, and and what did these people done that this tower had fallen on them? And Jesus is very clear; he's like, that's the wrong question, okay. Um, the 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 right you know the rain falls on the just and the unjust the, the right question is in light of the physical hardship um, and suffering you see around us around you will you now turn to God will you repent that that seems to be the object lesson for for all natural disasters in this world and so a lot of times we may we may perceive that, you know, God is unjust by allowing certain things to happen or, or, or sending storms. And we know God's in control of everything, um, or natural or other disasters. But in reality, um, and this is hard for us to grasp on the human level, but it's these things that are in fact the measure of God's grace, because it is precisely through those things. Okay. That, that, that he grabs human attention and heart. And so we think about those times in our lives, we think about those times in the lives of our culture, when physical life is most directly threatened, um, those are times people are more spiritually open. And, and, and so these are also opportunities for us to turn questions that people might have about the goodness of God back towards um, people in their own hearts saying, Hey, this world is fading. It's passing away. Um, there is suffering. There's hardships. There's natural disaster. The question is, will we put our trust in this world or will we put our trust in God? And again, we see, I, I encourage you to go read the, the, the narrative in the Gospels about the Tower of Siloam. Um, were, were these people who were killed, Jesus, more wicked than the others who didn't? And he's like, wrong question, okay? unless you, re, you likewise will perish, unless you also repent. So it's a sign. So that, this is what, what these, these plagues are for. And this particular one with hail, it is the one that has impacted their physical bodies to the greatest degree. And it is the one that's allowed there, that God is using to get their attention and open hearts, as we can see by, um, by, Pharaoh's, by Pharaoh's response. Um, one last thing I'll mention here, and I've got a, and I've, I'm on live TV right now. And so, um, yeah, here it is, verse 20, that I think I want to leave us with. Verse 20, then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into the houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. So what a great lesson for us. Let us always pay attention to the word of the Lord and seek refuge in him and hear him by his word 
not harden our hearts, shake our fist at God, be angry at God, question God, okay, uh, about things that are happening to us or others around us, but see them as the opportunity to place our hope and trust in him. And so that's one of the things that we gather from this seventh plague, the hail. Now tomorrow, locusts, again, Moses spends a lot of time on this particular plague, and we're going to um, learn why. So I hope to see you tomorrow. Let me pray. Lord, give us ears to hear these words. Let us not question um, your ways in this life, but let us use it always as an opportunity to run to you, to put our trust in what is unfailing, what is, what is eternal, not what is temporary and passing and fading. But we ask these things in your name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.